We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, what you talk about? 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Get your calls on the air. Little, little feeling, feeling kind of like it's a moon day, right? Um, some days are tougher than others to get up. And this is one of them. Is it because it's summertime? And we're starting to think beaches and taking some time off. Is it because Apple's coming up with a big event? Introducing us a little bit to iOS 11, MacBooks, iPads, and maybe a a Siri-powered speaker. That's the expectation. What exactly is it? The London attack? Social media crackdown on terror propaganda? Not enough? Are we going to enter more of a spy state out there? Uh, Interesting story tied towards Cater. Uh, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and um, other Arab states have cut ties with uh, Cater. And you go, why? Was it just because Trump was there not that long ago? The nations pointed to Doha's alleged terrorism ties and their own national security. The coordinated move has escalated a dispute over Cater's support of the Muslim Brotherhood and adds accusations to Doha back to the agenda of Iran. So that's got oil ultimately in a tizzy so uh, worthy of note in my opinion so the corporate headlines have provided little note or action today for Wall Street if you were to look at them as a bowling ball rolling down kind of hit the pins the corporate news and just stopped there's no pin action the macro headlines have given market participants plenty to mull over it looks like there is indeed some mulling that has taken place. Markets have moved lower um, out of the gate. Where do we go from here? Looks like we're trending higher, but we'll have to analyze that in the coming hours and see where we feel about that. 
Um, so oil is a big story today down on the, I would say, not say support, but a, a key, an important $48 level. So it's down under 47 Again, the markets are playing with what direction they're going to go in today. Uh, very lackluster disposition up there. Um, it's one of those days that if you want it to take off, you could probably take off from what we've seen so far. The S&P 500 had increased 3.5% in the last trading session, in the last 11 trading sessions, so it's been on a rock and roll kind of tear. The NASDAQ was up 4.9%. That's an amazing move. So, I, I don't say this enough, but I grew up watching Wall Street, and my dad was, you know, always reading the business section. And, uh, when he put it down, I'd take a look at stock prices and, you know, 4.9% in 11 trading sessions is crazy to me from my childhood. Um, there's also going to be some fear about what's going on outside the stock market. Um, a lot of terrorism talk. Something's going on today in Orlando. How big, don't know, but it's considered multiple fatalities or multiple somethings. It is, you know, a bit of a pain trade to me today. So we've had a lot of upswing, and sometimes you don't see that coming. Um, we got a little bit of economic data. Productivity for the first quarter was revised to, to unchanged. Ooh, man, are you trying to put me to sleep, Rob Black? Maybe. Um, it was revised to unchanged from the six-tenths of percent decline that was originally reported. Unit labor costs, meanwhile, were revised down to 2.2% from the 3% increase first reported, due primarily uh, to the upward revision to productivity. Key takeaway from the report, ultimately, is that productivity is still weak despite the upward revision. Uh, from the first quarter of 2016 to the first quarter of 2017. So we're looking at economic data and trying to like read some tea leaves right now. Not the easiest thing to do. Um, the ISM services report for May um, is coming out. It's, it's kind of tough to sell this one, isn't it? Google's topped $1,000 a share for the first time. Like, happy days are happy days are here again. Do, 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 do. Um, or is it not that important? <laughs> it's probably not that important, right? It's just a number. Nothing has really changed all that dramatically. Um, Alphabet has gained about 25% this, so far this year, so it's had a big move. It's definitely in a momentum type of area. This is the first time that Apple has hit the price in almost 13 years since it went public and started doing some stock splits. Google has announced a major shift to a focus on artificial intelligence recently, as it fights companies like Amazon and Apple for dominance in the next big internet trend. The artificial intelligence-powered Google Assistant is now available on smartphones via an app. Um, Amazon broke the $1,000 milestone for the first time last week. That stock's up 32% this year. And I know we get older faster, right? And we look at this year and we go, holy mackerel, it's, uh, it's gone a long way fast. Snapchat's daily active users and year-over-year growth um, is in the news today. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Um, oh, they've debuted snap. spectacles. Oh, snap. They've debuted spectacles in Europe. Um, that's those crazy glasses that you can basically 
record some of your videos with through your eyeballs. I was at a soccer tournament this weekend, and uh, I did a lot of recording <clears throat> on the, my story. So some of my friends and family could see, you know, what happened from, you know, grabbing uh, sushi uh, to getting dressed to uh, getting there on time to getting things set up to cheering on the sidelines to winning game one blowout 5-1 to one. winning game two rematch of a grudge match from earlier this season when first place played second place whoever won was going to get first place we won again 2-1 to one. game three a very tough down one nothing come back to win 2-1 to one. um and then game four down 2 nothing against Mountain View and uh, come back to win 3-2 coach was their coach was cheating had a kid in a shirt without a number it's not illegal so there's just tension tension so I uh, came home with a, with a trophy pretty cool pretty cool um, but I put it all on my story um, and that's the, I think that's one of the nicer things about snap and it does it so much better than Facebook Facebook to me feels like more of a card catalog of friends you want to keep in touch with with one-time events snap feels like a card catalog of your friends that you want to keep in touch with 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 instant memories and get it over with and not say this was super important but this was my day and how was your day so i feel they're very very separate so 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air it's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air don't be shy today um, I think that would be a major mistake because I'll probably need a little help with the content, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Apple's got a uh, worldwide, the wild, wild west, the worldwide developer conference uh, kicking off today. You'll get a keynote, you'll get an iOS 011 update, you'll get some updates on iPads, MacBooks, watches, probably a, a speaker. Keep in mind, this isn't the first time Apple's had a speaker in the news. They had one in 2006, and it was a disaster. You could put your iPod right on top of it, and it would charge it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. One friend left to sell clothes. One works down by the coast. One had two kids but lives alone. As a child, I watched television. I grew up overseas for a large chunk of my life. And one of the shows I liked was Wonder Woman. Um, probably for obvious reasons. Seeing a woman in a bustier and healthy woman, uh, superhero, magical powers. They all appeal to the sense of a child, right? 
They're saying that this weekend's success of Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, um, could fuel shares of Time Warner to a 20% stock return over the coming year. Time Warner owns Warner Brothers, which is the film and television studio that controls DC Entertainment. There we go. Wonder Woman! Got that funky 70s sound, doesn't it? So DC Entertainment owns the rights to Wonder Woman. Time Warner owns this. Uh, Wonder Woman's looking at $105 million domestic opening weekend and international receipts of $122.5 million. So it's going to bring the whole global opening now to $223 million. Um, pretty impressive. That's the third largest opening for a DC Comics film. Barron's is out there this weekend saying Warner Brothers is in good shape with the upcoming release of Kong Skull Island. Another Warner Brothers feature that opened in March has grossed $565 million, uh, including a very strong showing in China. It's important right now that Warner Brothers has at least two more Godzilla and Kong movies planned over the next three years, so they're starting to build up a Disney-like catalog of, oh, we've got six Pixar films in the next seven years. We've got six uh, superhero films in the next four years. We've got that kind of you know stash of we know what you are going to go see it may not be terribly original but we know what you want to go see time warner shares are a little more um kind of unchanged so uh, some people are expecting it to jump 20 to 25 percent on the success of wonder woman and a new franchise for them let's bring in cfp chad burton talk a little financial planning uh, don't forget you can call the show 800-516-1220. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. That's CFP Chad Burton. I recently saw a, a new study out that teachers are no longer teaching cursive. They're now teaching typing in second and third and fourth grades, in large part because cursive is going the way of the dodo bird and computers. That shocks me. Earlier in my life, I would have said that would never have happened, like, Cursive will be here forever. It's part of the mainstream. But the more things change, the more they actually do change. CFP Chad Burton, is there any truth to that statement, the more things change? Like, we just we have to stay on our toes as investors. We have to be vigilant. We have to stay on our toes with money. Yeah, I mean, the, the I mean, a big shift that's that's happened, um, gosh, when I first got in the business, Rob, we used to have to wait quarterly for the Morningstar reports to get fund, rec- to, to look at fund reviews. Yep. And we would get the pamphlet in the mail on a quarterly basis and, you know, have to read every page. It wasn't going online and searching for the ticker symbol. Um, and then, you know, back when asset allocation kind of started, it was you know 10% international. Now it's more like a younger, more aggressive person would want 20 to 30% international exposure minimum just because the world is becoming so global. Um, and then 2008 and nine, when the market corrected drastically, that's one year where asset allocation, because of the debt crisis where there wasn't really a cushion. Everything just sold off and went off a cliff for a short period of time. The one thing that stays true through that whole period of time is that when you get rewarded, it's typically when you're doing opposite of what the masses are doing. Right. So when your emotions tell you to sell and you're scared and all your friends are selling, you should actually think more rationally in terms of there's going to be value so soon. So get your shopping list ready. Um, there is more volatility in the market, but that whole idea of buy when other people are fearful still stays the same. It's interesting because when I got in the industry, there was something called a Quotron. 
I don't know if you remember those. <laughs> They're like these big walkie-talkies that would get stock quotes yeah. through, through radio waves, like pre-internet. Right. Pre-internet, and that's you know otherwise you had to wait till the next day to see where the stock market closed um, in the newspaper, which is pretty darn weird um, because there's now too much information. So anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is like things changed, Dad. I remember in the 1990s saying Tyco is a great company. You know, Bear Stearns, they'll never go out of business. Lehman Brothers have been around for a hundred years. You could invest in some Lehman. Um, but some of these maxims or some of these thoughts will kill you. And again, it's great to have things that you believe in, but you have to be flexible. Right. Well, you know, a lot of people too believe in the, the financials, you know, need to lead the markets. Well, when financials are done and everybody's finished refinancing their mortgage, which has caused a big, you know, revenue boost to a lot of financial companies, where's their revenue going to come from if we're going to be at very low interest rates for a long period of time like Japan has been? Now you're killing me because I believe financials have to lead the market. I know. We'll see. Will that change? Will financials be as profitable if they're just strictly in the banking business? I'm not talking about the investment banking side because we might get more of a separation mm-hmm. and regulation in that front. So the traditional banks that take deposits and then lend money at these low rates, how are they going to grow revenues like they have in the past if people stop refinancing their mortgages and that whole wave ends? That's that's what we're going to have to find out. What will be the next market leader? Okay. So any final concepts you have about like revisiting some of your notions? Like I kind of the one that I get tired of is hearing people on radio say buy and hold is like buy and hope or it's dead. I think you can accumulate assets. I, I really still think you can accumulate. I think you can hold companies like Visa for a hundred years, probably, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you always have to probably. But you you act you know yeah, Ford can come in and change the way people do transactions. There's no doubt about that. But do I think Visa would adapt with it? Sure. I think they're one of those you know, beast in the jungle who can evolve, um, where some companies can't evolve. Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of companies like look at Target and their red card, they come up with their own debit card that gives you 5% on everything you buy. So why would you use your visa when you can get your own Target card if you're going to shop at Target? So things can change. It's one of the things you always have to look at is, is well, that Target card does the transactions through Visa's payment network. That's why you buy Visa. They're a payment network, not a credit card. It's a debit card. It goes right to your bank account. Okay, the debit card. <laughs> so, debit card uh, transactions count too. Yeah, just yeah. not as profitable. But yeah, things things do change, and that's why you can't stuff yourself in a box in terms of investor because there's investors and there's firms out there that say all we do is index investing and we rebalance quarterly, or firms that say all we do is find the best managed mutual funds, or firms that only buy individual stocks. I like all those areas for different pieces. I like to have my individual stocks when I'm looking and screening for dividend increasing stocks. Yep. I like my index funds for large and mid cap, and I like my managed funds for international emerging markets and any of the alternative spaces. Uh, so I like them all, and depending on what macroeconomic environment, I'll overweight or underweight in those different strategies. Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money 
on AM 1220 KDOW. Black talking investing money and more I often look to why in the heck do I do this show Um, I do radio and television I have to get up super early and this morning my body just was like oh I can't do it Uh, had a long weekend uh, at a soccer tournament so much fun but I think I have an adrenaline letdown. And I look at the, you know, uh, ideas of what am I going to talk about today. And, um, almost half of Americans die nearly broke. Americans die with an average debt of $62,000. And for a lot of us, we don't realize we have a problem until it's way too late. Americans are not known for being great savers. Banking rates, in a recent study, uh, 69% of Americans admitted to having less than $1,000 in the bank, while 34% said they actually don't have any savings at all. It's a collective lack of savings, and it doesn't get better with age. A study by the National Bureau of Economic Research found that not so long ago that almost half of Americans die nearly broke. Can you imagine? Aren't they supposed to be our our greatest years? Now, it's not bad to die broke the day you die, but you don't want to be broke the day before you die. Right now, the general population in the United States, 46% of retirees die with savings of $10,000 or less. But that number climbs to 57% among retirees who are single. Um, 46% of retirees die with savings of $10,000 or less. Wow. Um, And if you're single, it's a much worse number. My father passed away 20 plus years ago, so my mom's been living off his pension. Thankfully, it's a pretty good pension. It's not enough to cover all of her costs, so at some point in time, she will dwindle our assets if she continues to live. That's my mom. The person I hung out inside of for nine months. She incubated me into a healthy baby. And she's going to probably die broke if she lives long enough. That's not good. In this case, her children have to take care of her. 57% of single adult households and 50% of widowed households have no housing equity to show when they die. It's a little less bleak, but not by much. The problem right now that is dying nearly broke isn't just a matter of denying one's beneficiaries an inheritance. You know, a lot of people are expecting mom and dad to leave them money, and it's just not going to happen. It points to a frightening degree of financial vulnerability during retirement. And... You know, any major expense as a, med- as a medical bill could, you know, sink you. Only 37% of seniors 65 and older claim to have $1,000 or more in the bank. That's not enough for a car. That's not enough for a roof. You know, an unplanned expense catching you off guard 
Not good. 65. There's a reason a lot of seniors who are 65 and older carry $6,300 of credit card debt. I think 65 is that number where we start playing with a teeter-totter. And go, lack of income is creating a problem for you. And Social Security is not enough and you went through your emergency fund. So, debt, a pretty big issue. Let's bring in Tony Mendez, talk a little component about all of this with the real estate side of the fence that we need to be thinking about. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. I think our society and you know parts of society where housing has become too expensive, I think we're going to redefine how much home we live in. Which is, I think that's going to be a big theme going which forward. Which is interesting because the average home size has actually been increasing over the last few years, uh, several years, actually, um, somewhere like 2,200. It's, it's crazy to say this, but it's like 2,200, 2,300 um, square feet for a house, and it keeps getting bigger. Um, you had a lot of focuses on where millennials are going to be living. Uh, it's a big generation, Rob. It's, one, it's our largest workforce. Um, they're making the most money out there. Uh, but where is it going? It's going into rentals right now, um, and they're used to these smaller places, so I think that's going to be the new focus. As, look at some of the new housing that's going up in the Bay Area. It's mostly condos and ha- townhouses, right? Um, and, and single-family home building is, is farther out uh, out of the reach of most people that want to really drive down 580 or, or 880 or 101, and it's just out of reach for the, 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 the people. And, and that's why we're seeing this multifamily construction dominating uh, the Bay Area. So I think people need to determine how much home they need. And I tend to think that people overestimate. So, you know, I live in 1,600 square feet, and it's more than enough. My neighbor's got almost 3,000 square feet, and I don't get what he's going for. Um, it just seems to me boxy. Um, and, you know, there's probably rooms that he doesn't go in for a whole month. So the torture room. <laughs> I, I bought a house in Virginia, lived in it for a while, had five rooms, five bedrooms. Yeah. And I swear I've been in one of the rooms once. Okay. Um, you know, we bought a little bit too big, but it, it turned out to be a great rental because fam- that's a family house. And you want, as a rent, as a landlord, you want families because they tend to stay longer and they tend to take care, uh, better care of the house. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's... It, it, a lot of people, uh, I think in the Bay Area, have seen some downsizing. At the same time, a lot of people are saying, we're going to tear down and rebuild because on occasion you're going to find those people who are wanting that bigger house. You see that in your neighborhood all the time. But you also have seen a house that was uh, it was a tear down and build bigger, but it's been sitting on the market for how long? Over two months. Yeah. Um, so they're not... In a very hot market. In a very hot market. So that is a conversation I actually had last night with a with a... Somebody that went to the seminar is about is the upper end market is kind of slowing down in the Bay Area and and what's funny is the upper market right now is like 1.5 and higher. San Francisco it was like 2.2 I think everything above that was slowing down, sitting on the market longer. Instead of 30 days, it's like 90 days now. We've seen like a two or three percent decrease in the home prices, uh, less over asking. It's just less demand for these uh, these higher home prices. Yet interest rates are still really good for jumbos. There's a lot of lenders that will go up to two million dollars and uh, with you know twenty, there's even loans you can get five percent down on jumbos. I wouldn't do it, um, but the rates are still fantastic, Rob. And yeah. and uh, and if if it's slowing with the low rates and it's and you see the slowdown, and that's got to speak a little bit of volume about what's going on in the upper end. I think people should spend a little more time considering where they live. 
I think a lot of people want to live like their parents did. And I think realistically that's not going to happen for a lot of people. But I don't think you need as much home as you think you do. Like, What's important for me is I want to have a little bit of grass. Um, I want to have an outdoor area where I can cook. I I was just going to say a little bit of yard, a little bit of the outdoor amenities, and that can make up a big, big difference for having a smaller place. I want a good fence. I know that sounds like – did he just say that? (laughs) Like if I were to talk to a realtor – and they would look, they'd say, what did you say? I want a good fence and I want some trees. I don't want to see my neighbors. So, uh, and if I decide I want to pee outside and not flush the toilet for a whole month in a row, I think that should be my prerogative not to be spied on by my neighbors. Um, so I, I consider very carefully where I want to live. And then I've honestly, as I've, as I've gotten older, I'm like, I'd rather have a million dollar house. And I know this is ludicrous for our listeners across the nation than a million and a half dollar house in large part. I'll just put more money in savings and retirement and live a fatter retirement. So, uh, and not worry about will the money run out when I'm 88 years old and senile and wearing a, an adult diaper. Yeah. And, uh, there's definitely a, a factor of having kids and uh, how, what kind of lifestyle you want for your children. Um, picking an area to buy has got to be very difficult for people here in the Bay Area because a lot of place, a lot of cities are in transition. Uh, and uh, it's difficult to tell which direction they're going. You have to remember there's Prop 13 in California, and you know some of these people that are in these neighborhoods may never leave, um, and they may just hand the property down to their you know their siblings, and they keep that tax basis. Um, and, it, and you may never see that kind of gentrification that you really need to happen, um, or or even a, an upgrade. Uh, there's some neighborhoods in Oakland that are experiencing that exact thing right now, and you may, you know, they, they may be the same neighborhoods that that have gone up, you know, double digits year over year, but also fall the same the same way because they really can't make that transition. Anyway, that's Tony Mendez. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Google hits thousand dollars a share for the first time. Um, in almost 13 years, and that's pretty impressive. Wonder Woman could lift Time Warner shares 20-plus percent. Factory orders post their first drop in five months. Apple has some challenges, even though they've got the worldwide the developers conference going on today. They've got some problems that they're going to need to address. Um, Siri, content, the Mac, and China. Considering its role as the most valuable public company, Apple reveals remarkably little about some of its strategy that got it to that $800 billion valuation. We'll talk about that and more as the show plays out. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app. Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, 
Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. I run a company where we saw our healthcare cost jump 16% across the board. That's pretty crazy. More than 60% of employees said they're contributing less to their 401k plans because of rising healthcare costs. A lot of times companies say, you know, if costs are going up 16%, we're going to pass on 8% of that to you or an extra couple you know, dollars or hundreds of dollars or teens of dollars. What's most frustrating about the health insurance industry is that it needs to be reformed. You don't know what you're getting into even when you're into it. And that's frustrating. Your kid has, you know, a swelling in one of their lymph nodes, and you're like, uh-oh, we better go to the doctor. And you go into an emergency room, and they're like, well, we don't have a kid's hospital here, so you need to go to a kid's hospital. And uh, But we'll, we'll do the vitals and everything. And they charge you $1,000 for visiting the emergency room. What happened? Kid got sick. Kid got a lump. Uh, goes to emergency room. First thing they say is you need to go to a different emergency room of a children's hospital. So you get charged a thousand dollars just for walking in the door, get your vitals done, and you get a re- not a referral but told to go right place to go. Um, so you go to the second one, and they're like, "Oh no, no, no! This is the hospital side. The children's hospital side is on the other side." Even though all the signs say emergency room this way, you're like, "Okay, okay. Guess what?" You just got charged another thousand dollars for uh, from the insurance. When all is said and done, you've hit your copay, you've hit your co-insurance. Um, you know your insurance does covers up to a certain point, but then once above that point, you have to have a family group member of three or four people hitting a, a, a threshold. It's insanity. Um, you know. It, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. So, in my opinion. Um, that you can't figure that stuff out. Facebook's on... You know, uh, so, anyway, more and more Americans are saying, you know what, I can't really afford to put money into my 401k because I have to keep funding my... Um, my healthcare costs. So, and I think it's one of the things that's ruining America. So, and I'm not blaming doctors. I'm I'm blaming the system is just crazy. You know, uh, I had a family member who is 74 years old, and he gets a little under the weather. He's on a ladder and he gets a little dizzy, and he's like, he thinks he's having a heart attack. So he goes into the emergency room. They keep him for about four hours, and it's sixty, seventy thousand dollars. And, uh, oh, you just were working too. It was a hot day. <laughs> okay. Um, I find that to be very problematic in my world. Snap has launched their spectacles in Europe. Those are the glasses that can record, you know, a small period of time. Ten-second videos that can be uploaded to Snapchat. Um, 
so they're going to be in they're going to be in France, Italy, and Spain. So Snap has had a problem with the reputation of not being shareholder friendly. That they're just trying to cherry pick rich American uh, teenage kids as their advertising uh, gimmick or demo, so to speak. Um, so inter- rolling that out internationally probably a pretty good idea. Tesla CEO Elon Musk has told employees he wants direct reports from factory injuries in an email to employees last Wednesday. So there's been some reports that are surfacing that the engineer rates at the company's Fremont manufacturing facility were higher than the industry average. Um, and he says, it breaks my heart when someone is injured in building cars and trying their best to make Tesla successful. Um, so he wants, you know, a, a direct response from people. Um, he's been t- at times called disingenuous. Um, and that's kind of not a tag anyone wants, right? So he's out there today with that kind of news. Um, what else do we want to hit real quick? Facebook has tried to say that they're going to be, they want to be a hostile environment for terrorists. So, Facebook, Google, um, are just some of the companies that Twitter, they get a bad rap for not doing enough to fight terrorism and that terrorists use their networks to communicate with each other. And it's kind of interesting because I once had a landlord who would come into my home or come into the place I was renting from him, come into his home. He'd go through the whole house, get in the backyard, pee in the backyard. And I'm like, you can't do that. Um, I know a friend who had a landlord who would come into the house and make whoopee on the couch with his girlfriend, but he didn't live there. And I know you're saying, did you just say make, say make whoopee? I, I, I might have. Um, and privacy is becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Um, so would you knowingly, you know, use an Apple product if... Uh, would you knowingly ever send a sexy picture to your spouse if you were told that you know the FBI has access to that first and foremost, whenever they want it? Whoa, right? Um, it would make you think twice. Gold hits its highest level since late April after a weaker U.S. jobs data out on Friday. Elsewhere, um, the World Bank estimates 2.7% global economic growth this year. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.